I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. If anyone tries to stop you, destroy them. Icicle is cold as ice. Wildcat is a wild card. Dr. Midnight and Our Man, but is time up? And Injustice Society is just so unjust. Sports masters and tigresses and bears. Oh my, we are talking DC Stargirl season one, episode three, four, five, and six. Episode three, Icicle. Episode four, Wildcat. Episode five, Our Man and Dr. Midnight. And episode six, Justice Society of America. And the After Buzz After Show starts right now. What's up, my man? Jeff is in the building. What's up, man? It's been too long. How's everything going? I'm just I'm just excited to be back. So like, how are you doing? I am well. Coming off a fresh break, of course, uh, a much-needed adjustment given the social climate. We, of course, respectfully took time off. We are back in full effect. That doesn't mean that we've forgotten. It means that we are moving on together as we move towards a positive new beginning. And when it comes to Stargirl, we don't just have new beginnings. We are in the slap that middle of everything going on of course that's jeff i'm tehran steven is holding it down behind the curtain we are missing a couple members but we are no justice society of america so we will be coming back together as we talk this week's dc star girl season one we are going to be getting together episodes three four five and six this last episode that just got played as we break each one down individually giving to you their full recap. But before we get there, Jeff, as a DC super fan and expert, I want to know what are your overall thoughts on Stargirl as a whole before we break down each individual episode? I'm really starting to enjoy Stargirl. I was very hesitant at the beginning and I still am with the fact that all our main characters, our main superheroes are teenagers. So we're going to have to go and see them struggle a lot, go through teenager struggles. That's what I'm not really used to with all the other CW superhero shows and just superhero shows in general. Most superheroes are dealing with not only are they're just dealing with becoming a superhero, not becoming a superhero and puberty. So that is the that is the kind of the border that I'm I'm kind of dealing with right now. But other than that, I'm loving the action. I'm loving the um, especially from Stargirl because they gave us a little inkling that she is um, a gymnast. So she is able to do these things. But like the latest fight with Tigress and Sportsmaster, it was it was really cool to see. So I, I'm excited to see more fight scenes from the team. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a huge fan. I like the show. I like the teenage angst. It is interesting, but I do want to point out something that you said incorrectly. This is not a CW show. It is CW and DC. And I actually think that that's how all the shows should go from now on. If DC was directly involved with all the CW shows, they would be that much better. And of course, I'm talking to you, Batwoman. And so I think that this should be the new, this should be the new archetype is DC teaming up with HBO Max and DC teaming up with CW to put their shows out because this is taking it to a whole new level. Of course, I really like Arrow. I really like Flash. Supergirl has been on and off. That's a roller coaster ride of why it should be good and isn't. And Batwoman should be great, but it's not. And I don't, I know, is it too soon to say that? Sorry, Ruby. I wasn't as mad as everyone else when you left. I'm looking at DC as an overall product. And what I mean by that is I want people who are here 
on board and all the way. And that's what we get from Stargirl is a storyline that's flushed out. It's here, it's on board and it's all the way. Now there are parts of Stargirl that I do not like. Stop being mean to Pat. Why? Listen, Pat is the most likable human being on the planet. Please stop being mean to Luke Wilson, please. It's just not working for anyone. Every time Courtney and Pat get into it, I'm like, Courtney, go to your room. I'm just tired of Courtney's attitude. You're going at not only just an adult, but the most likable adult. But you want to be mean? Be mean to an Icicle. No one says anything. Be mean to the principal. No one's saying anything. Be mean to the gambler. Stop being mean to Pat. Stop it. Can we get that done? Let's get into this uh, episode three, Icicle, because we do talk Icicle. We're going to break it down as does. Icicle, the character, of course, Jordan Mankit. We get an in-depth visual of who Icicle is, this leader of the Injustice Society. Even though we don't know what his plan is, we know it's diabolical. Icicle's promise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's the promise that he makes. Uh, Courtney and Joey. We get a Courtney and Joey moment, which is very cute. And then we also get a Courtney and Cameron storyline that seems to be playing out. So it looks like Courtney's going to have some boy trouble. Frozen. We get this battle. Icicle comes comes in and... Uh, honestly, this is where this episode takes a turn. The Wizard and Joey. And, of course, recruitment. It's time to get some teammates. What were your thoughts, Jeff, on this week's, on, on episode three? Not this week's, but we're, we're going yeah. back four, four weeks. No, episode, episode three, three. Icicle. I, I liked it because we finally got to see more of Icicle because in the first couple episodes, he was kind of this ominous figure. Like we, they kind of talked about him being the leader and we get to see him in the forefront, see him kind of taking over and seeing him be as ruthless as he is because we, I mean, we know he's a leader and if you kind of go against him, he's going to take measures into his own hands. And I love seeing that in this episode. This was a very dark twist. This is this is what I meant when we you said CW and I said no, CW and DC. This is the perfect episode where you get to see that. This is the Titans. This is this had Doom Patrol. This was not uh, Supergirl. This was not Batwoman. This is not Flash. There was darkness in this episode of course with Icicle's battle and the early onset deaths of characters which were not expressed or explained or foreshadowed in any way. And it wasn't for shock value. It was because this is the story it is, that is being told. And that's what had a lot to do with it. Let's go into that first, Icicle. What are your thoughts on Icicle, Jordan Mankin? Who is he to you and what do you think of his character? I like his character. It's, he's still, we're still trying to figure out who he is, especially in episode three. But even now, we're still trying to figure out who he is why he had why is he the leader of the injustice uh society and i just want to know more and we, we're still trying to figure out like i guess we're not really trying to figure out if his kids have powers but that is what the inkling is and we're trying to see what his struggle is because all the parents are kind of having a struggle with their kids not having powers or showing them so i'm i'm really excited with this character but there's still so much information to be told i hate him I hate this character. I hate everything about him. 
I hate the way he looks. I hate the way he walks. I hate the way he talks. And that's how great a character it is. He's diabolical. He's nefarious. He's ominous, as you pointed out. He's everything a villain is supposed to be. The thing that I actually dislike about him is simply his name. Icicle, can we be a little more creative with these names? Justice Society, Injustice Society, Justice League of America. Can we just be a little more creative with their names? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Like, even the names of, hey, we're the Justice Society. Oh, yeah? Well, we're the Injustice Society, you know? It's- yeah. I mean, at least they played to it in the in a later episode. I don't want to jump out of three, yeah, of but they, they played to the to the whack names <laughs> in a sense. But like, you still notice that. Like, you could play with the jokes, but like, they need better names, just like you were saying, not to dwell on it too much. Hate usually has better, is much more creative. This is like the Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Like, get your own thing. You're so creative. We can make this better. Come on, guys. We can we can work together on branding here. So uh, Icicle is a great character. We get to see the storyline, of course. We get to see the dying promise that he makes. And of all people, the sentimental moment is made unsentimental when we hear the words, if anyone tries to stop you, destroy them. And the eight-year flashback that we get that starts off the episode. What did you think of this promise? I thought it was, it was interesting because we kind of... Oh, I assumed that Icicle was always the the rude one, like or not the rude one, the evil one. And you kind of see that it was his wife that kind of motivates him. It's not like you see a humanized version of him almost because you get a motive. You get like, um, yeah, you get motive behind the uh, behind the villain. And that's always a plus. A lot of a lot of TV shows, movies don't really give motive, don't give a, a behind the scenes of the villain. And that gives us a rooting interest for him, even though he is a villain. So it makes us um, love him even that much more. And I can't wait to know more about him because of that reason. And it's also what I really liked is that Stargirl as it plays. And that term girl is something that sticks out. I'll never forget Supergirl season one, where Cat Grant gives the best explanation of that term girl, where if you have a problem with the word girl, it's because there's a problem with you. That's such a powerful word. We are not used to seeing women played in this light it's always the women are the kind ones or the sweet ones and it's and it's always no only men can be villains and women are either their sidekicks or their partners or their moral conscious and compass no this is a villain and she's a villain and as she's dying instead of saying don't forget me she says destroy everyone and i like that they didn't explain it this just is once again, another attribute to this star girl, which, by the way, for all intents and purposes, could be, should be, and is, for the most part, this lighthearted show. It's not heavy. It's not deep. It's not Supergirl, let's talk social commentary. It's not Batwoman, let's supposed to be this beacon of light uh, for any group of people. It's literally just, this is the show. This is the show. This is how it works. It's okay. You'll all be okay. So I really appreciate that element. Courtney and Joey. So we see Joey and Joey, basically, uh, Joey is the wizard's son. And I hate all these names because everyone has a name and a nickname and a side name and a, and a job. So mm-hmm. I just throw out. So the wizard's son, Joey, who does a card trick, a magic trick, nice nod to for Courtney, gets the card wrong. Another nod to him not having the powers, right? gets the card wrong but Courtney plays along what did you think of that scene 
I liked it. I think it kind of just like brought it brought us back to they're all still in high school. They're all still a nice person at heart. She's always trying to look for the best in people, even if she doesn't know them. And this is just showing us who Courtney is, the person, not the superhero. And I think that's what this this episode was really about. It was also more more for us to have some type of rooting interest before Joey kind of <laughs> kicks it, which is unfortunate for us to ha- have a character know his name and then die within a die within an episode or two. So the only the only character who's just a horrible person is kind of Henry, yeah. Brainwave's kid. Other than that, everyone's kind of got a sweet and, and and dark side. And of course, we get this nod to Joey, and Joey's actually kind of sweet and endearing. And even though we know he's the son of a of a injustice member, he's just he's just a kid. He's just a teenager, you know. Other than Henry, who's got a chip on his shoulder, this this kid's just a kid, and we see it, and it, it does set us up. It set us sets us up for failure later when he dies, because we just saw him just not be good at something. It'd be different if he was great at something. It'd be different if he was this. He was just a he was just a regular person. It's it's the underdog, and then the underdog does die. Usually, we're used to the underdog being saved. Uh, we get that nod again, of course, when we get to the concept of um, Courtney and Cameron. So here's another just a kid, except this isn't just a kid. This is Cameron, mm-hmm. and Cameron's somebody's kid who we hate. Yeah, like. I, this was very well like you said drastically different than the first um interaction and it's it's going to be interesting to see like where Cameron's storyline goes because it, it's totally different like yeah. it's almost like a yeah I mean it's just a antagonist from the jump yeah and I like Cameron Cameron's cute Cameron's sweet clearly there's something that could go on between uh, Courtney and Cameron Courtney finds out that Cameron's the one who like wiped off graffiti off of the girl's locker. She likes that already. We see something going to manifest. I'm assuming something's going to happen between those two, of course, as we go forward. We get this battle, this battle that happens, uh, and Icicle is basically chasing down Courtney, trying to figure out how to get to her. And she and he holds no punches. He ices over the bridge, sending the uh, the school bus to its death. You know, if it wasn't for Pat and Courtney, a lot of people could have died, unfortunately. Only one or two did. What were your thoughts on that? It just, I mean, from this whole episode, like you said, just shows you and reiterates that this is not a CW show. Like, I I was wrong on that because you never see that many people in danger in the first three episodes of a CW show, of a superhero show where the main superhero is, what, 16 years old? So it it just brings back, it shows the audience that this is real life, that this is life or death and I don't want to jump into a further episode but you see that even further for the kids and they start to realize whoa this is life or death this is real life this is real I mean of course it's a show but it's still real stakes for them in the show which gives it a lot of depth uh we do see Icicle be ruthless and that's a different adjective that I'm now adding on to his description as he's ruthless and does feel no remorse for getting his job done. And it adds a dynamic to his character, which says, I will do whatever it takes to achieve whatever I want. And that is what makes a person extremely successful or, and extremely deadly and dangerous. So we have to remember that the wizard and Joey, of course, are now taken out of commission. We've seen this play, the wizard trying to just stand up for himself. And that's the end of that. We jump into recruitment where Courtney is decided she's going to find teammates. 
And where does she find these teammates? Let's go into episode four, Wildcat. Wildcat, where else would Courtney look for teammates but in high school? Yolanda, we get a storyline for Yolanda. We're breaking it down like this. Yolanda, Courtney and Pat, ice cold. Ooh, there's a lot of tension. Again, no way. Courtney's being mean to Pat. Icicle's doctor, Project New America. Oh, Denise. Denise comes back, the wizard's wife, and Denise is out of here. And guess what? Beth is next. What were your thoughts overall on episode four, Wildcat, Jeff? I liked it because I was I was waiting to see when we're going to start introducing the new characters. And Wildcat, kind of not to jump too far, is probably one of my – is my favorite character out of the new crew just because she has a – rugged edge to her she has a backstory to her she has a reason why it's not it just not to say the others don't I just feel like I could connect more to her and she's not just some she's not just pouting to be pouting it just seems it seems more authentic and I like I like her story I like her background and I, I'm excited to see what she does with it and um I'm excited to see uh Wildcats in her fighting because um we got a little tease in that in episode six and I loved it yeah, Yolanda, of course, is a great wildcat. We start off again with what is going to seem to be a trope. We get this uh, flashback. This time we went from eight years ago. Now it's four months ago. And we get the concept of Yolanda. Clearly, Yolanda's going to be my favorite character. I've always had this affinity and like for the She's All That character, the the nerdy character who you can tell is amazingly good looking and smart and just needs to break out of the shell. I love that character, male or female. Whenever I watch teenage teen movies, that's my favorite thing. It just really is. You wear glasses, you just got bonus points, right? So we, we can all tell Yolanda is this wonderful, beautiful soul, wonderful, beautiful on the outside and on the inside, but she's sheltered. She's covered. She, why? Why is it? And of course, we get to find that out, which gives her a lot of depth in watching that happen. And we get a lot of uh, while we don't get a lot of action, it's it's great to see all of this play out as far as that backstory to who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it seems like we're we're getting the start and and the mystery. What happened to Denise? Um, who who got her? What's going to happen next? This is the this is the whole this is the whole. Hey, pay more attention. You're going to want to keep going. So. Starting off with Yolanda, of course, we go four months ago and we see that she is a sweet girl, popular. And she sends this racy, sexy picture for Henry, who then goes in and does the douchebag thing to do and shows everybody in the entire school, just ruining her and her reputation, not just amongst her friends, not just amongst the faculty, but with her own family as well. What do you think of Yolanda? And especially, let's start off with just this part, yeah. this flashback. That's that's kind of what I was um, getting at when I said that she was the one that kind of had my favor. I When I watched this, I, I felt for her. I mean, she was doing something for someone that she thought she really liked and everything, and it kind of just turned on her. And not turned on her in front of the school, but in front of her family. And it backfired on both fronts. So... Right now, she doesn't even know where to go, and it's unfortunate because she can't go to her friends in school because they they kind of betrayed her. She can't go home because her parents don't really want to talk to her. So where does she really go? And uh, we see her at the loser's table or whatever they want to call it. So everything that she does makes sense now, and it's like I I have a rooting interest for her, and I want her to win. But, yeah, it was it was a great insight 
into why she is the way she is. It's interesting because it actually doesn't make sense for me. And I'll tell you why. I love that they gave it a backstory. I'm, I'm glad that they brought up something, which is what they would assume uh, is a common trope for kids. But this to me came off. I'm an adult and I'm writing what I think kids might go through. There would never be a time, even if something like this did happen, where I don't feel like the entire school would turn on you. I don't understand that aspect. In fact, most people would feel for you. And secondly, it's a crime. So that's why it doesn't play. The stakes aren't as high as they try to make it seem for me, where it's like her, her family's this disappointed in her. Like, what are you going to do if you have a kid that's gay? What are you going to do if your kid uses crack? What if you have a, a, a kid that is is commits a crime what are you going to do with any of the standard what are you going to do situations that we all look forward to where whether it's uh, a reality in which what are you going to do what are you going to do if your kid dates a black guy right the thing is like we say what are you going to do they just showed us what they did is how they handled it i just the stakes are so the stakes are so high for something so little maybe because maybe because um I, i just don't think it would play out so deeply remember if it was like if this was a thing where I was confused, mad, angry, whatever, it would be a day, a week, a month at most. We're looking at four months later, they're still like, you're a whore. Why are you talking to your children like this? Like, what is wrong with you people? Like, you don't deserve children. Um, hurt people hurt people. Yolanda is a character. Now we get Yolanda coming into her own. She, of course, is Wildcat. And the outfit fits perfectly, even though it doesn't, but it does as it snaps into her frame. What do you think of Yolanda as Wildcat, Jeff? I really like her as Wildcat. And I think it's ironic how her uniform just snapped in work, but Stargirls didn't. And But, I mean, that's nor, neither here nor there. there nor it's there. part of the nanotech exactly. that's in this outfit <laughs> that gives her superpowers somehow, too. And it yeah. just fit her. Was it meant to just fit her or... How did that play? I mean, they didn't really explain that part. So uh, it's good that it fit. It looks great. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually, one of my favorite things are the costumes because they have this cheesy classic feel that we're not used to getting because so many shows try to update everything. And they were like, you know what? We're going to keep the old style. What? 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 Like, that's how they talk to us. And that's how I feel Yolanda is. Yolanda has Letty vibes. Uh, Letty from Fast and the Furious, the tough girl, you know? Tough girl. I'm tough. I'm a tough girl. You uh, always need one. Exactly. Someone who's playing tough, on the other hand, is Courtney. Courtney and Pat hit a rough patch. Again, Courtney is not happy with Pat. They are on the fringes since Joey died. Oh, no. Even though Pat, by the way, saved the day last time. But that's neither here nor there. What do you think of that concept of Courtney and ice-cold Patness? Like, like you said, he just saved the day, and she's still mad at him. He can do no right. But the thing is, he doesn't need to. He is the father. He is the adult figure. He is the person that was with the JSA when they were originally there. Like, I just need him to stand up and be like, no, I'm taking this. And I don't care what you kids think you're entitled to, because I feel like we've gotten a lot of entitlement, not specifically in this episode, but just down the line. And that's what I want to see from Pat. Well, given that I'm not a fan of authority and I've always been a rebel, I don't use the you're just an adult, uh, the adult, and so I listen. That's not been my thing. Even though I am a do as I say, not as I do person, Stephen can can attest to that. I'm not a fan of just listening to authority because of authority's sake. However, with Pat, it's not just authority. It's well-meaning, good-intentioned, kind-hearted, strong, 
compassionate, always on your side, very understanding, sympathetic, empathetic adult figure. So you're getting all the things you would ever want from the adult who's actually there, who loves you, who's kind, who's considerate, who's all these things, and you're still acting very mean to them. And especially because it's Luke Wilson who we all love, whether it's from old school or any of those, like this is the guy, it's the guy. You're being mean to Will Ferrell. You're being yeah. mean to, you know, Owen Wilson. You're being mean to these people that we've grown up liking, you know? You be mean to those people, you're automatically against us. Exactly, and it just feels that way. It's, there's a handful of people who, who we all just feel that compassion towards, you know? And if you, you're being mean to Will Smith, you know, you just being like, why would you ever do that? It just doesn't, it doesn't resonate well yeah. with us. You just lose. <laughs> male figure role, right? So there's a lot of, like, there, there's a handful of people I feel in that male figure role. They're just like, yeah, you just got to listen, you know? So I, I don't like the ice coldness. I understand she's upset, but remember, Pat was the one who kind of saved the day the last time. And Courtney, you're the one kind of getting into trouble. And Pat's the one at least if nothing else advising you and he's the one with experience to so pay attention to that on experience sake we get denise who has an experience who's like i hey i'm getting out of here because something bad's coming and dips out and then of course later we find her mangled car and assuming that her mangled body is somewhere too um she didn't get out of town like we thought what were your thoughts on denise I love the story arc in this episode where Denise kind of where Denise goes and finds Pat and then they talk a little bit. And then the next time they see each other, she's really startled. She's like trying to tell him something, but you can see she's hesitant about it. And this kind of insinuates, hey, there's more here. My son's into magic, just like his dad. And like you, you start to see the, the gears moving in Pat's head, but she plays such an integral role, just like pushing pat to like yo they're here their kids are here you need to start looking more into it so she plays an integral role even though she was in and out pretty quick she does play an integral role we of course saw her with her and her half second flirting with pat which is why i guess she came and talked to pat again honestly look uh, pat is a better man than i am you know what i'm saying pat is just like dismissive Good for you, Pat. Good for you. Good for Barbara. Good for you guys. Courtney, be nicer to your stepfather. So we get Denise. She's on her way. She's gone. It leans to something. So hopefully, I, I hope it comes back around. If she's just dead for no reason, it would be kind of a loss of a storyline. Hopefully, it's a clue to something. It's a foreshadow. And of course, here we get the last part of this episode, which is Beth is next. And if we get that foreshadow, at least, because Beth is eavesdropping on Yolanda and and Courtney talking, a lot of things are kind of going. Yolanda using her powers and climbing up buildings and stuff. So Beth listens to them as they're going up to see what's going on with that principal fiddling on the roof or whatever he's doing, you know? They're mm -hmm. trying to figure it out. Um, what were your thoughts on Beth being next? Is that inevitable? Yeah, it was inevitable just because she was at the table. I mean, she you already knew from the jump, if you're annoying your parents, she's that means she's going to get into your business and know way more than you know she knows. Like, that's so it was inevitable, like I said. But I, she gives me the, the Felicity, like a young Felicity vibes. Mm. And but Felicity was never out there doing the fighting. So I'm wondering how this is going to work out because we see, I mean, Dr. Midnight, he's going to fight. So... What, is that, what does that mean for her? Well, we find out what that means 
sort of in episode five, Our Man and Dr. Midnight, we will be breaking it down as thus. Rick and Uncle Matt, nine years ago. So we get that once again, another, we jump back. It's another flashback nine years ago as we catch up to the story. The Hourglass with Our Man, Rick gets the, what's the Hourglass, but he wants nothing to do with it, but likes doing something with it. Beth eavesdrops again, and eavesdrops her way into being Dr. Midnight. And the principal, oh no, the principal. No one likes their principal, but this principal is actually evil. At least we think he is. Let's talk episode five, Our Man and Dr. Midnight. Overall thoughts, Jeff? I liked it. Um, just kind of bouncing off of what I just said, it was interesting to see um, what the new Dr. Midnight and what that meant and her in the new uniform. Um, she's a lot to me. I don't say I, I don't dislike the character. I don't like the character. I have no, I'm in between right now on her, but that episode as a whole, it was great to see Rick's backstory. It was great to see how that connected to what happens in episode six with um with Pat and everything. So it was a lot of great insight to these characters who are supposed to be integral for us throughout the rest of the series. So I think it was needed. And it's great that it's in episode three and four rather than an episode like nine and ten or right before the season finale, which has happened in other shows. So it was, it's it's a needed episode. Actually, I'm going to agree with you. It's a very slow episode. Not much happens, but a lot of things kind of lead credence to, I don't have to wait till episode 10 to get something they could have done in episode five. They did it in episode five. I will commend them for that. Do I think every show episode needs to be 45 minutes long? No, I don't. We can probably cut out a lot of the fluff and get some strong 30 minute episodes longer than 23, but shorter than 45 and I'm sure that has to play, but they do play to the hour aspect of having a 45-minute-plus episode. So we get a lot of lull here, but it's lull that I can understand. Meeting Rick and Uncle Matt. We get the flashback nine years ago. Rick and Uncle Matt. See, um, Rick's parents are getting out of there. Here's 50 Gs. I got to go. We got to go. Uh, <laughs> we're out. You know, thanks for coming to visit. Here's a baby in 50 G's. I've seen this before in Harry Potter or something. And then, so now we see why Rick and Uncle Matt just don't get along. Now, this is this is tension. We this is not Pat. This is Matt. And so Mm -hmm. I can understand how Pat and Matt are two different people. What did you think about Rick and Uncle Matt, the nine years ago story and their current relationship? I, I mean, I just didn't understand why Uncle Matt was so angry the whole time. Like. I, I get it. The first couple months, you're you're pissed off. This is a lot of life changing things. A lot of things are happening. But like nine years later, you guys are still arguing like y'all just became um, father and son or whatever dynamic you guys have. I felt like there needed to be some type of growth. And I didn't get that in the present day. A hundred percent. Like, you know what I want to do? I want to give Courtney Matt and give Rick Pat and then see how all of that would have played out. Rick would have been a great kid. Courtney's getting what she deserves. This is what I mean. Like, I I agree with you. There is no resolution. Why are you still surprised he's there? It's been nine years. It's been nine years. He's not going to go anywhere. (laughs) He's not anywhere, honestly. Just And and honestly, he's a good kid, which makes it worse. It'd be different. I mean, he's broody because of how you've treated him. He's not broody because that's how he wants to be. He's angry. He's hurt. He's lost his family. And you're not much of a family. So Uncle Matt is getting what he deserves out of this kid. But this kid is definitely not getting what he deserves out of Uncle Matt. He doesn't deserve getting the hourglass blinking at him 
as we find out he clearly is our man's son and our man part two is coming soon what did you think about courtney's blinky blink our man hourglass rick is our man scenario i mean it it just made sense it's like you have you have a bunch of kids with a bunch of cool gadgets you're gonna you're gonna show them like hey you're supposed to be the hourglass the hour man here's this and then when you give somebody something that you say is the his father's and that he thinks is really cool giving them superpowers he's gonna take that so everything that happened made sense the fact that pat even decided to i don't want to jump too far but pat decided to even trust him some more it's like you know what you're doing you're dealing with teenagers you're giving them an inch they're gonna take a foot so it i mean it made sense but it's it's gonna be a trial by error and i'm gonna i'm gonna like watching that well, with, with what I saw, we see a lot of trust. Courtney's just throwing out trust to everyone who sat at loser table, right? So first it was Yolanda. Hey, Yolanda, guess what I did? I blew up a car. Now it's uh, Rick. Hey, Rick, this is this is a blinky blink hourglass. You're our man. Which, by the way, great concept, horrible power. You're super strong for one hour out of a 24-hour day. He tried, I tried to make it seem like it was important. He's like, he did this so he wouldn't abuse his power. Because every other person that has powers for 24 hours abuses it, I guess. Like Superman and every other superpower. And Wonder I, Woman and yeah, every like, single super strong character. Like, yo, your power sucks, buddy. Not, no offense. I mean, it's great. It's, it's a cup half full. So, yeah, I don't have superpowers for 20, 24 hours a day. So maybe for an hour, it'd be great. But if I could only have power for an hour, be like, yo, if this fight lasts an hour and one minute, I'm dead. Just, just know where I'm at. Like, we're yeah. at 53 minutes. So yeah. hurry up. Exactly. So knowing that, and of course, Rick doesn't accept the power. And he says, I mean, the responsibility. He takes the power, actually. Yeah. He takes the power. He's like, oh, this hourglass for me? That's amazing. I'm not going to join your loser team. But I love this thank you and keeps the power. Um, what did you think about Rick turning it down? I wasn't surprised. I, I think he's still in the rebellious phase. He doesn't. He has no reason to trust them. Honestly, they just gave him an, a new toy in a sense. They're telling him stuff about his father, but yet he's probably in a... I could see him like, I'm going to trust them as far as they're going to give me stuff. I'm going to let them tell me all the information I need, but I'm not going to give them anything. So it's more of less a one-way type of friendship right now because he he hasn't trusted anybody. He hasn't even trusted his guardian of nine years. So it's going to be a while until he trusts the new teammates, new friends of all of three days. A hundred percent. I mean, he's broody already. So there's no reason for him to all of them be like, oh, I got the hourglass. and gave you super strength, not a super personality. He's still going to be kind of a dick. So that's how he was. And it didn't change anything about it. Uh, Beth, on the other hand, eavesdrops her way into being Dr. Midnight. Now, while uh, Rick showed us that nepotism is real, that not only is wealth generational, so are superpowers, Beth, Beth just follows her way in, listens, 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 puts some goggles on, and is like, oh, what's this? A voice? Dr. Nelder is talking to me? I'm Dr. Midnight now. What? <laughs> I've never seen someone more, like, entitled in my life. <laughs> I was, she literally just like, look, these are my glasses. I found them he's my friend like what in the world i'm not giving these glasses back it just seemed, it was a lot but i with all that said i love the interactions with her and dr midnight i love how she's so um innocent and he's just like 
pop, it just pops up and there's so many things like popping up in her head because that gives us a view of what she's dealing with. And it's, and to be honest, if you have glasses that are like super smart, it's going to be a lot to handle at first. So it, although it was annoying how she got her power, her powers, it made sense. And it was funny and it was light how she responded to or reacted to the powers. Yeah. It's definitely very fun and lighthearted and, her her banter over having this is is definitely a highlight of this episode just because she does feel and I wouldn't use the term entitled she just feels as is right so entitlement would be like oh i'm supposed to have powers she's like nope i have powers hey hey i'm beth i have powers now like and we've kind of seen her have that personality even when she's talking to her parents who don't want to be on the phone with her for example during lunch but they do it because she's beth and that's how it happens so we just see more Beth being Beth. And of course, we see the principal possibly being the fiddler. We've seen him fiddle over bodies. We've seen him fiddle. Is he the fiddler? Yes. I mean, he's the fiddler. They're not even hiding it. What do you think of the principal? Yeah, I mean, it's. I just love that the um, Injustice Society are playing in, uh, important parts in the city. Like we see the principal, the councilman, um, uh, the the white I can't think of her name, but Courtney's mom's boss um, with Icicle. Everybody has a huge role to play in the community, and with um, the principal as just another step. And especially, I think that she uh, the principal is going to play an integral role because all the people in the JSA are students, so they're going to figure it out eventually. And then I think she might be the way they find out. Yeah, I mean, I, I do too. I agree with you when it comes to the names. There's so many characters and everyone has a name that I find it very difficult to remember as well. I can understand that. I can understand that we're going to go remember Barbara Whitmore as the mom. Barbara, and, yep. Yeah, so we're 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 getting up to Cindy Berman and we get uh, all the different people in the in all the different moving pieces, of course, uh on the show. And it does move and it does move forward. We do get to episode six. Before we get to episode six, I want to say thank you to everybody who leaves us comments, share, subscribe, spread the word, share the love. We appreciate each and every one of you. And thank you for giving us five stars on iTunes. We need more, so give us more. Thank you so much. We are the number one star girl after show on the planet. That's not my opinion. It's all of yours. So thank you so much. Uh, and for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Steven, are you in the background? If Steven is there, I wanted to hear if anything's going on in the chat. But then again, of course, as we do the technology, sometimes the chat is live, but we can't hear. So we do appreciate every single person who is in the chat. Jeff, do you have the chat up by any chance? Or? No, but I will get the chat up in a couple of Let's get the so chat be, if we can. We will and be talking to, to you guys soon. Episode six, Justice Society of America. So this is the episode we just saw. Episode six, Justice Society of America. And we will be breaking it as thus injustice society strikes again we get two kills in the beginning of the episode pat breaking up the band hey you can't play uh, you can't play superhero with your teenage friends but kids never listen the band just doesn't care tigress and Sportsmaster. we get two characters we are actually extremely familiar with because icicle and brainwave and and fiddler and gambler and all those guys we kind of are just finding out but tigress and Sportsmaster, we've heard of them and training day. If you can't beat them, join them. That's how that plays out. Um, Jeff, what were your thoughts overall on this episode six, Justice Society of America? 
I really like this episode because we finally got to see the new team kind of join up together and fight the justice uh the injustice society and i was gonna say one of my favorite parts is the fighting uh, towards the end of this episode but arkham o in the in the comments i'm shouting you out he actually says throughout the series that he he hopes that the the um fighting choreography gets better so obviously i like the fighting the fighting was hot i, I thought it was great Exactly. So I was like, so people in the um, in the chat are definitely debating if they like the choreography, but for the the fighting as a whole, I thought it was really cool to see, especially early in the fight. And you got to see the fighting styles per person. So like um, Wildcat, her fighting style was really cool and it matched with Tigress. And then the sports master with all the different type of sports he was throwing at um, all the all the different Justice Society members. It was really cool to see. I mean, I thought this was a great, this is, remember, we've been a little slow the last two episodes. This was finally action. The fight was great. Actually, it was a slow episode, but there was so much action we didn't notice. So that's what made it great. And of course, getting Tigress and Sportsmaster is always going to be great. Getting all the costumes together is always going to be great. I mean, this was just a very fun, great, fun episode. And I use terms great and fun because it wasn't specifically a meaningful episode, except for the fact that it shows that the kids uh their 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 dedication to this they are going to do this regardless no one gives back the no one gives back the the their articles the hourglass the the goggles nothing no one's giving back their stuff they are in it they're going to keep it they'll do whatever it takes so getting to injustice society we get them striking again we get we get the two characters up top who are tigress and sportsmaster but not yet they they basically take out two people. What did you think about about this injustice society's striking? Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I thought it was just like a cool twist, something to give these people edges, especially since we've seen Sportsmaster kind of work with Pat. We haven't seen him. We haven't seen the evil side of him yet. And then this was that introduction. And then seeing him with um, uh, Tigress, she was kind of, like we said, the more um she was a leader in in out of the duo like she seemed to kind of be the leader out of those two the more aggressive aggressive one and it was great to see uh she she kind of take lead rather than him um and it was just a different dynamic for what we're used to i guess it is a different dynamic of course we get larry larry and paula you can't get more plain names than that right larry and paula and they kill the school coach of all people and this is basically icicle now has to start gets everyone their suits and it's like injustice society is back. We're the injustice society. So that's how it starts. On the flip side, as Icicle puts this group together, Pat is trying to break up the other group by saying, you guys are kids. Sorry, we need to break up. What did you think about Pat's decision? I mean, it makes sense. He needs to, he needs to tell Courtney, or he has been telling Courtney that this is real. This is life. People will die not just because you guys are superheroes just because you put on that cape doesn't mean you're invincible all my friends have died because they put on this cape and that is what he is needed to say needed to have like a I feel like he's tried to say it she hasn't really accepted it but like it needs to come to a point like the person that you're wearing that uniform is dead because of the fight they were fighting the same people you're trying to fight now trying to get them to understand the severity of what they're doing so him not wanting those kids to be there makes a lot of sense. A hundred percent. He definitely, I, I agree with the, 
the sincerity. Pat's right. Clearly not for the show, but in general, if this was real life, like no one's going to be like, oh, you should be superheroes. You're untrained kids. Super trained superheroes died, perished. I use the word perished in a battle against these people that you are now trying to investigate. And we do get the kids not giving back. We, we, they do not give back their items, but what they do instead is as Courtney tells them they need to give back and they give Courtney and Pat basically the same response, no. Uh, we do get them going, we're going to go find out what these people are up to. And they go after, uh, they go after to investigate in the building. They go into the, uh, to infiltrate the facility. What do you think about the kids' decisions? I, I mean, I like their decision because they, that was at least them being a team. They decided to do this on their, on their own, aside from Pat. But I gotta give I gotta give some a shout out to Courtney. Ivan pointed out in the in the comments that Courtney was trying to defend Pat when everybody was trying to say, no, don't listen to Pat. Pat doesn't know what he's saying. She was like, Pat does know what he's saying. Like he's actually like he's been there, so she knows. But um, yeah, it was it was I think it was a good moment for them to kind of defy Pat because that kind of brought the team together. I'm off them to find Pat. Pat's a su- superhero. This guy created a stripe army suit that's actually s- saving them every single time. My whole thing is I understand I like it for the show. Of course, I would dislike it in real life. I do like that Courtney actually, even though when Pat's not there, Courtney does stand up for Pat. So Courtney shows that she loves Pat by standing up to them, but goes along with the crew anyway. So she's trying to be in charge, but is she really in charge? Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. And, and it, that's going to be some growing pains, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to see how that plays out as well. That's That's got to have its own storyline is just because you gave us these powers doesn't mean you made us these powers, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tigress and Sportsmaster, they're going in the same place the kids are. There is an epic battle. What do you think of Tigers and Sports Matter Master and of course this fight to the death? Well, no one died, but you get the Yeah. I touched on it at the beginning. I lo- I loved it because they incorporated what the uh villains were. For Tigress, like from the uniform, you could see she looked like a tiger. They had little fur on the arms, not really my favorite, but like they incorporated everything about Tigress in her uniform, the way she fought, the way she jumped. And that was also incorporated in Wildcat. Same thing for Sportsmaster when he was throwing the baseballs, even to the end when he was hitting a a, a hockey puck towards the um, staff. So everything was so thought, like they thought through everything they did, and it was really cool to see. Well, they played on the Tigress and the Sportsmaster, especially Sportsmaster. They played it very well. Mm-hmm. Tigress, I'm used to being a part of Young Justice and just being a different character. Um, but it was interesting to see it's going to play out we love getting characters that we actually know and we actually already have a connection to getting to see them on screen is always going to be a plus i disagree with some people in the chat i think that the i personally think that it was a great fight scene i like the fight i thought it was fun i thought it was exciting i want to see more fighting if it gets better even better but i thought it was great um, and then Pat comes around. Pat, basically, it's like a, a pet that you bring home and your parents hate it first, but then realize you love the pet, so they are going to love it too. He decides they're going to all have to train. Do you think the kids are going to listen? No. 
And I think it's gonna I think it's gonna be great because they're not gonna listen. It's gonna be a lot of great growing pain. But one of these times pastor's gonna have to like lay the law down. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'm that's what I'm excited for. Well, definitely Pat needs to lay the law down. I don't like how they all feel entitled and disrespecting or disobeying Pat. If nothing else, they should utilize his experience because he's doing it in a positive way. Once again, I'm not an authority favor. However, I am an authority figure when it deserves respect. And Pat is super respectful. So I hope they pay attention. Uh, we, we end with the concept of the gambler, who's this also this very uh, intriguing, mysterious character we're getting to just kind of know, who gets the satellite codes while while they and they also need brainwave while tigress and sportsmaster are fighting the kids what i don't know is why can't these super how did the first group of superheroes lose you know what i'm saying like the kids keep kind of winning or at least breaking even so how did that first group lose that's what i want to know i mean the only inkling is when they said um the hour man was just as big and dumb as your like as his son so like that's the only inkling that oh maybe they fought as bad as the kids but like there's like you said there's no reason they should have lost like they they're lost. they're fighting kids and that's that's been my whole thing like I can't physically watch a show where it's like kids fighting adults the whole time because like it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense but it makes so much sense as we are concluded with episode six this last episode we just watched Justice Society of America but just to get into our special segments. Uh, where we shine some starlight on a part of the show where we get a little bit more information. This week, we're going to talk Injustice Society. So the Injustice Society are basically clearly the main antagonists of the Justice Society of America. They are the yin and the yang. They fight. They are the Voldemort to Justice Society's Harry Potter. They first appeared in All-Star Comic number 37. And that's way back in 1947. Times were simpler. Life was simpler. The original group, of course, brought together very popular villains from Flash and Green Lantern, which at that time were the biggest comics. Uh, Thinker, gambler, Vandal Savage, who we all know, Wizard, Perdigon, and Brainwave. We've seen a couple of them. We've seen Gambler. We've seen Brainwave. We're getting uh, to know more of them. Later, we get our version, which also is Icicle, Brainwave, Tigress, Wizard, Sportsmaster, Dragon King, Gambler, mm-hmm. and Solomon Grundy. So some names we're familiar with, some that are new. We've gotten different types of uh, Injustice Societies over the year. During the Golden Age, we got the Wizards Injustice Society. So the first one was actually led by the Wizard. The person who died was the one who actually led them before and took that in a different approach. The second time we get this formation, we get a lot of people, including Harley Quinn and Black Canary, who uh, had to restore the Justice Society's memories in order to bring back their their nemesis to defeat them. We get the Silver Age. This is the Justice Society where we're a little more uh, used to with that reformed Justice Society. We get the Fiddler, who, we're, who we kind of know now, and that fight between Wild, Wildcat and Hawkman. And we get post-crisis, and it keeps going down. They keep bringing back this Injustice Society. This membership that we have now is, is the one we're, we're, which was most commonly used in the comic tropes across time, with, with removing Harley Quinn, 
but this Fiddler, Sportsmaster, Tigress, and Icicle. And we also added Solomon Grundy just to make it up. So it's more like Unjust Injustice Unlimited. So now we know who they are. It's good to have fun. Let's get into some news and gossip, shall we? News and gossip being Stargirl, Angelica Washington. Oh, yes. Great to see Angelica. We know her as Beth. She talks about what it's like to get her own super suit, and that's on Collider. You're going to want to read that article. It's a fun article. It also talks about the super suit and gives us a lot of knowledge that we've been asking about how does super suit work, or the little particulars. Angelica talks about it from her own voice. Make sure to check that out. Predictions! My man, Jeff, bring out that crystal ball. What are your predictions going into the next episode? I think that we're going to see um, Dr. Midnight, and I'm going to just call her by, uh, by her, her uh, superhero name, Dr. Midnight. I think she's going to get herself in trouble. Like, she's, she's too green, too naive in an in a innocent way. And I feel like that's where um, they're also the team is going to see, oh, this is life or death. Oh, it's going to be another realization for them. And that's what's going to happen in the next episode. Well, I think that none of the kids are going to die. I don't think anyone wants to see kids die. We were already shocked when Joey died. I don't. I didn't mean die. I meant like she's going to be kidnapped. No, no, no. They could oh. die. But I'm just <laughs> saying, I don't think we're going to get the main team die. But I don't think it's the last time we've seen a high school student die or a, a particular person die because of the efforts of the Justice Society. And that's what's going to play. And I think they're going to learn the hard way that they, Pat is right, they need to practice. And that's what's going to be the catalyst of what moves forward. I agree with you with Dr. Midnight getting herself into trouble, but I also think she might be the one who gets herself out of trouble. And the fact that Rick, his particular motivation is simply revenge. That's the only way he joined the team is they have to show him uh, his parents being killed, basically. So I don't know if he's a good guy. He's a fit for the team, but is he a good fit? I think Rick is going to be the Jason Todd of this titans mm-hmm. with star girl so we'll see how this plays out until then where can people find you if you want to be found yes jeff. you guys can continue the conversation with me on all your social media platforms at jeff will jr and all yeah everywhere yeah i'm glad you simplified it because it used to be jeff will jr the 15th of the third but mine is of course i am tehran all across the board because i am tehran if you don't know now you know and find me hosting and paneling on a slew of other after buzz after shows because all of your favorite tv shows are my favorite TV shows too. Until next time, we will be talking more Stargirl slash off. We don't have like a sign off, but we signed off. Bye. Peace. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal.